We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches with former Chiefs reporter and insider B.J. Kissel, Super Bowl champion and former K-State All-American offensive lineman Nick Leckie, and KCSN producer Tucker Franklin. The latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind mail segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to B.J. Kissel. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of Outside the Trenches. Nick Leckie could not make it because he is not here in Indianapolis, but you know who is? That guy right there, ESPN's Matt Miller, joining us here at the Tin Roof Bar in Indianapolis, hanging out for the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. Appreciate everybody following along and uh, absorbing and consuming uh, the content that we put out the last few days. And right now with Matt, we're going to talk about five players here at the Combine who can help their stock. The teams either have questions or physical things, whatever it is, that they can come and answer some of those questions that teams have. But Matt, welcome to Indy. Thanks. Uh, how many years have you been coming here now? I think 14, it might be 15. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I, yeah, I, I know. That makes me feel really old. <laughs> um, also, I kind of started my career late even, so it makes me feel even older, but I love it here. I mean, you and I have a, a standing date every year at the Combine. Line. Uh, this is not it. Uh, we're going to get some steaks in front of the street, but it's it's great. Uh, I love Indy. I love the Combine, and it's, you know, it's been amazing to watch this event grow yeah. from where it was just like, a hundred of us in a hallway to now it's a whole spectacle that takes over the city. So somebody's been a lot of these, somebody's on day two of their combine, Tucker Fran. Tucker, have you enjoyed the combine so far? It's been a great experience. You got to see a lot of people, got to meet a lot of new people as well. Um, and first combine, as you mentioned, as we've kind of talked about this week, but uh, great to be out in Indy. I like Indy as a city. I think it's a it's nice, it's a nice city. I know some people that we've talked to, BJ, have been complaining about the combine being in Indianapolis. What? I think you should stay right here. I don't think you should move. I'm a creature of habit. Uh, like, badly. everyone in the NFL. Right. Taking all of these coaches and scouts and these people have been doing this for like 20, 30 right. years and then just switching it up on them. I don't know where to mm. eat in Los Angeles. Like, right. you know, I don't know where to go. Where it's just be so spread out. Find me a city that you can, st- all these hotels, everybody can stay in all these places, the media, the players, the coaches, everybody. And then they can all get to a centralized location as efficiently and as organized. Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. That's the only other one I can think of. Fine. 
Well, I, yeah, kind of, I don't know logistically if the 2024 is NFL Combine presented by <laughs> name one of your sponsors. I don't want to say anything. The Prize Bank. Holiday Distillery. Sure, so Holiday Distillery would be good. Yeah. They could do it. Just do everything up the distillery. There you go. Hotel. Now, now we're all topic. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a uh, little combine prospects. Uh, obviously, give you a chance at least anybody watching this, that's, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're watching this video, you follow the NFL pretty closely. The storyline today was the information about Jalen Carter that's come out, the fact that he left the combine. He's not going to be here. Uh, what can you provide or just say as far as what this means for Jalen Carter? How surprised were you that it came out the day that he's here? Like, it, it didn't seem an unplanned that this was the day that it gets announced the day that he's here at the combine yeah my first reaction was that bj was that the news got announced that there was an arrest warrant for him 30 minutes before he was to speak at the podium that's a tough look i don't know i don't want to accuse anyone of anything but that's a that's a tough look uh i'll say that you for jalen uh you know he's gonna leave the combine and, and try to take care of business back in athens i, I think Right now, it's a wait and see. You know, he did get to meet with some teams. He did get to go through his medicals. That's the most important part here. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of follow-up now. And I think this is where your area scouts are so important because you need those guys who cover the SEC who can say, you know, like, here's what we know about him as a person. We might not know about that event and, you know, the what happened that evening. And I know Jalen said he's going to clear his name. And I think that's where you got to have those guys who have the sources at Georgia who can talk to not just Kirby Smart, but can talk to the strength and conditioning people. They can talk to the academic counselors and find out what type of person is Jalen Carter. Because, the, as you know, sometimes there are players who have they have you know things in their background where you might be like, our scouts have to clear that or not clear that. I'm not saying Jalen Carter is one of those guys, but that is the scout's job is to yeah. to come into the room and say, here's what I know about this guy, and here's what we're comfortable with. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's. Everybody's innocent until they're not. Yeah, and I want to add a little context. Let's take a step back here. For anybody that's listening, that who is Jalen Carter as a prospect? He is the number one or number two overall player in this draft. Yeah. And he is a he's an amazing pass rusher who dealt with an injury this year, came back on the field and was unstoppable. We can go back to the 2021 Georgia season when they had that historic defense, five first-round picks. Every scout you talked to, and my own opinion was, he was the best player on that defense. So... He is a fantastic player, uh, and I, I think it's going it's to be interesting to see what happens. It's unprecedented. I don't think, you know, a lot of us covered things like Laramie Tunsil, uh, yeah. a lot of us, t- Manti Teo, and the spectacle that that was here. I've never covered a situation like this before. Wow. Yeah, just to hope all ends well, right, with the with the situation and everything. I just hope that proper due diligence, justice serve, uh, everything of that nature. Uh, but, BJ, we were kind of talking about, Earlier, I think we've had this conversation. I can't remember if it was on air or off air. Just about, uh, you know, if the Chiefs want to trade Chris Jones, we talked about Jalen Carter kind of being the guy that they might be able to trade up for if they pat- package a couple deals of picks after they trade Chris Jones up for. That's a guy again that is probably gonna they're gonna fall in the draft with the, with this process and everything like that. So it's that fun hypothetical, is right? If you move along, if you're going to entertain the idea of not making Chris Jones the highest paid defensive player in NFL history or something to that effect. Yeah, the yeah. Conversation, he's earned that. Somebody's going to give him that. He's earned that money. Correct. If the Chiefs, and I, I've said this because I'm not a hypocrite because this is what I said about Tyreek Hill, I'm never going to blame an organization for not doing their due diligence to make any player at any time the highest paid player at their position in NFL history. Outside of probably quarterback. There's no reason to entertain what trading batch moms would look like. <laughs> But you're not doing your – Brett Beach would not be doing his job if he wasn't aware of this is what it would take. Well, 
there's not gonna be a free agent like Chris Jones in this. So if you're gonna replace that level of talent, find the best defensive tackle, best defensive lineman in this draft is Jalen Carter. Can you get enough assets in trading Chris Jones to somehow end up with Jalen Carter in some kind of way? Just right. just pretend for a second that that's the case. The amount of money that you would pay Jalen Carter for the next five years and the player that you think he's going to be versus Chris Jones, what does that value look like for you as somebody that would speak better to it than either one of us? <laughs> I mean, he is the best defensive tackle in this draft. It, let's you know, let's take the off-field off the table right now because we don't know anything about it. Right On the field, he's the first or second player off the board, and I think he's been a target for the Chicago Bears for a long time because Matt Eberflus needs that three technique, and Jalen Carter is the best one. I will tell you, in this draft... There's Jalen Carter, and then there is a gigantic gap. Mm-hmm. Like, think of, like, Kansas City to St. Louis as cities, that type of gap between <laughs> Jalen Carter and the next defensive tackle on this draft, Tucker. It's not even yeah. close. Yeah. I don't know if there's another guy that goes in the first round. So, if, and, if you're trading Chris Jones, I know this is not a popular, yeah. it's just the conversation of Correct. chase the rabbit, just play it, play the whole thing out, yeah. and then at the end of it, see what you have. Because it's not just... Jalen Carter for Chris Jones. You have to give up the picks, too. It's the but what can you do with the, $25 yeah. million dollars a year more? Just like with Tyreek. It's not yes. player for pick. It's right. player plus salary for picks. Yep. You guys know I'm a I'm a diehard Niners fan. When they traded DeForest Buckner, I wanted to break things. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. was, it had to be like people had to rationalize. Even though I, I cover this for a living, they had to be like, hey, uh, they needed that money to pay other people. It's going to make the team better, even though they just traded their best defensive player at the time. So... Uh, similar situation. Yeah. All right, let's get into the five draft picks, uh, five prospects that are here at the scouting combine, Matt, that you think could really help their case uh, as we continue on this discussions for the next eight weeks about the draft. (laughs) Who at the end of this could we be talking about more that helped their case? I think in eight weeks we will look back to March 1st and say that was when Anthony Richardson went from a project to a top 10 pick. Yeah. Is today, like, Driving in today, I, I swear nine out of ten texts I got were about Anthony Richardson. And, hey, I just got on an interview with him, and he's amazing. Or you should see him in person. You know, just everybody's, like, gushing over Anthony Richardson. I can't wait to see him throw in person, which I ha- I've never seen him throw in person yet. But I do remember watching Josh Allen at Wyoming against Iowa. I was there for that game. He looked terrible. But then I remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl and thinking, wait, that's not the guy I saw at Wyoming. Like, he's a lot better. And then I saw him here and was like, oh, shit, he's a lot better. <laughs> then I saw his pro day and was like, never mind, that's the guy. So for Anthony Richardson, you want to see that similar, you know, progression of season, combine, pro day. Jalen Hurts kind of was the same way. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is kind of the same way. So I think that's what you want. I think Anthony Richardson shoots up this week. If, if he's the second quarterback off the board, I am not going to be surprised at this point. Yeah, you look at some of the – I think this is an interesting thing about about Anthony Richardson. A lot of the talk uh, – at the very beginning of the season, he wasn't scoring very many touchdowns, right? He had, right. He had zero touchdowns for like the first, I believe it was three weeks of the season. And then you look at his game log here. Against Tennessee, he had two and a pick. Then he had two more. Then he had one against Missouri, one against Louisiana. And then he then he went on a streak of just like scoring a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. So I think him uh, – he obviously helped himself towards the end of the, his college career there. But – I do like what he can do, and it's one of those things where uh, you talk about some teams like the Panthers. If Frank Wright gets Anthony Richardson in there, right. they're going to be uh, really fun. If the right team gets Anthony Richardson, could be dangerous. I'd prefer to see him go to the NFC, to be honest with you. I even think, you know, we're sitting right here in Indianapolis, and they have the fourth overall pick. Man, you've got 
you need a left tackle. There's no mystery there. You've got a good offensive line. You've got you have Michael Pittman Jr. You got Jelani Woods. Oh, you have Jonathan Taylor back there. I'm kind of of the opinion of like let's just put him out there and see what happens, man. Like just just let him year one do the things he's good at, which is what Chicago finally did with Justin Fields, and look what happened. And and, and you know even Deshaun Watson as a rookie, it was like do what he's good at year mm-hmm. one, and then let him develop. So I think yeah, I think Richardson is going to go early. Like he won't get out of the top ten. Yeah. It, Curious to see if there's you talk about like this is the way that he looks in person and all of that because Bryce Young consensus first pick. I I already saw all of the the analysis of how skinny and small he looked walking down a hallway of a pic like a picture of him just getting to the combine and yeah. everybody was reacting to he looks like I did that high school. Yeah. Which I was like 165. I've seen pictures of you yeah. at high school. We look the same. Very different athletes. He's a much better quarterback, but yeah. All right. Let's go on uh, to the next. I was talking about quarterbacks. My guy. Who was that? Brian Dable. Said, I saw the beer. I couldn't tell, but that's my whole so popular. He can make sure you catch Matt Miller on the on the big desk. Brian Coverage. Dable, one of the nicest human beings in the world. Former Chiefs offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. Yeah. It's a throwback. Former Actually, to Bama. When we were side stories, these are fun ones. Mm-hmm. We were talking to Scott Pioli. And I joked with him about the Brian Dable hiring when the Chiefs hired him. Yeah. I've lost some offensive quarter. They announced it. They sent the press release out on a Friday night at like 1030 at <laughs> night. I go, you set the stage that he was not going to be right. successful because that's the time that you announced things yeah. you don't really want people talking about. Um, he just kind of laughed. He's great, man. But love that's that cool. You're so popular. You're like a little celebrity. It's like walking with around. Brian Dable, yeah. <laughs> if you, like, put me in a room with people NFC that all coach. do is, like, watch film and drink beer, and I'm really popular. He's <laughs> the NFC Coach of the Year in the 101 Awards. Champion. Yeah, he's a good coach. Good, good stuff. Coach. All right, let's move on to the next player. Yeah, I'm going to stay on offense. I think Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee. There's so much talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers. I think Jalen Hyatt runs a 4-2 and he puts his name on the map. Think think about the past, what we've seen, these small, fast wide receivers. Henry Ruggs, Will Fuller, Corey Coleman. I know I'm not saying the names of good wide receivers. John Ross. John Ross. But Kansas City Chiefs future. Yeah, thank you, future John Ross. I know that I'm not saying the name of great wide receivers, but they all went much earlier than expected okay. because of that speed. I think even last year, Jahan Dotson, you know, going earlier than expected. Or, you know, I mean... Uh, I, there's a lot. Jalen Rager going one spot ahead of Justin Jefferson. Again, not great receivers, I know, but there's a precedent for yep. speed going early. I think Jalen Hyatt is a better prospect than a lot of those guys I just named. He is someone that should go, I mean, I think in the early 20s is is where his stock should be. Nice. Looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, um, Quinton Johnson is the odds-on favorite for the first wide receiver selected at plus 110. Jalen Hyatt, you can get pretty good value at plus 550. And he's the fourth uh, best odds as the first wide receiver taken. I know a lot of people are very high on Quentin Johnson, but uh, as you mentioned, if he comes out and runs really well, yeah. um, I think that that could be a real a real smart bet to place down. Quentin's going to run well. And yes, he will. Four, he's probably going to run like a 4-4 four, four flat. I just don't know if he's going to catch the ball in the gauntlet. And, you know, he doesn't know either because if he catches the damn thing, he's going to score. If, but who knows? I think I mean, career drop rate of almost 12%. Do you tell me if I'm wrong? It was either Field or Emery. When we were talking with them earlier, they said the wide receivers in this class is very much an eye of the beholder, and that if yeah. you compared, you know, five or six different teams' wide receiver rankings, you could get a completely different look. Just absolutely true. Of- and normally you would because of scheme fit. Yeah. This year you will because like Jackson Smith and Jigba had one of the greatest days a receiver has ever had in the Rose Bowl against Utah. 
And then he caught five passes the next year. So it's like, what do we do with this guy? And even Jordan Addison is really good, but is he only a slot? You know, he's just right. like, he's probably bulked up. He's going to be like 180 pounds. So it's, I think there are a lot of question marks. You could drive a Mack truck through the holes in all the receivers this year. Even Jalen Hyatt, you know, he has some drops at times. It's not to the level of Zay Flowers or Quentin Johnston, but it's, they're there on tape. All right, we're going to get to the next three players that can help their draft stock here at the NFL Scouting Combine with ESPN's Matt Miller right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to Tin Roof, the bar here in Indianapolis, downtown Indianapolis. We're hanging out. I'm BJ Kissel, Tucker Franklin, with special guest Matt Miller from ESPN, giving us his five players who can help themselves at the Combine here. More than anyone else, we've got through Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, and we just talked Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of the University of Tennessee. Matt, who else do you got for us? Can I cheat and say two guys from the same school for number three and number four? Do you want some variety here? It's allowed. Okay, oh, let's go defensive end, a position that you guys might be interested in, mm. depending on what happens to number 55, who mm-hmm. is a postseason hero. Giving uh, up every year. Check. Right? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so, <laughs> I know, I know. One player I think will really help himself this week is Miles Murphy, the defensive end from Clemson. You watch his tape, guys, and you're like, man, that's a really good run defender who's, like, you know, got some pass rush to it. I feel like he is at this blank canvas that just needs coached up. He's 6'5", 275. He's going to run in the 4'5". He's going to jump over 35 on the vert. He's going to jump over 10 in the broad. He benches like 4.05. He should shoot up. Remember last year when we were here, it was Aiden Hodges is going to be the first pick. Aiden Hodges is going to be the first pick. Then Trevon Walker looks like Superman out there, and he's the first pick. I don't think Miles Murphy will have that type of climb, but I do think he's going to put himself in the conversation of top 12 top 13 pick in this class 
you mentioned that frame, and that's a that's a get off the bus first team type of frame. Yeah, is is what you like, and you know the C Spagnuolo likes those types of frames too. So that's an, a guy to look, and I'm interested to see what his numbers come in for arm length officially for the combine because you know sometimes those numbers vary oh, yeah. place to place. So I'm yeah. um, curious to see that and see his fit. But again, that's probably a guy that. You're looking at trading up for, and we, we have this conversation, it seems like, every every year uh, when we talk about the Chiefs. If they want a, a, a good edge, they got to trade up and go get one. Now, necessarily, George Karloftis, they didn't have to trade up for that guy. Just luck. Just luck. There is. There is. But, I mean, I think, because they were talking about trading up for George Karloftis right. at, yeah. at some point. So, I mean, I, they, and he was your second first-round pick. Right. Like, Correct. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, there's a lot that goes into it, and if the Chiefs do want to get an edge rusher, if it does come to that to that opportunity, uh, they're going to probably have to trade up for him. Yeah, and I think one thing, sorry, BJ, that can help Miles Murphy is, you know, Will Anderson's only doing some workouts. Correct. Tyree Wilson, not working out. So we're going to see, like, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa is going to be really, really good, too. If he would be another player I'd put right in that category. So I think that's going to be fun to watch. The guys who are working out have an opportunity to shine because some of the guys who aren't. Let's stay at this position because I think it's an interesting storyline here. Of We saw how successful the Chiefs rookies were this past year. Fourth most snaps played by a rookie class. Uh, also happened to win the Super Bowl, which is crazy. Normally it's teams that are struggling, all the young guys playing. We saw it. Three cornerbacks plus an edge rusher. From a roster composition, from a financial standpoint of what you can do with the salary cap, your expensive positions, obviously quarterback is expensive. Cornerback is expensive. Ass rusher is expensive. Left tackle. If left tackle is expensive. <laughs> And I'll, I'll, we'll put a pin in left tackle. I'm sure we'll come back to that one. Yeah. But for edge rusher, George Karloftis on a rookie deal. If they can nail it again with another edge rusher, and you have two starting edge rushers on rookie deals and three corners on rookie deals, it we throw, throw around the word dynasty. A lot of things have to come together. But from a, putting it on paper, what's the best thing that you could come up with to have guys on rookie deals outside of quarterback again? You get two edge rushers and multiple defensive batches that Buffalo tried to do. You know, Gregory Russo, Butch right. Basham, mm-hmm. A.J. Epinesa. Right. I mean, they were throwing picks, trying to trying to do exactly that. There's, to my knowledge, there's no one right now who has that, like, figured out of, like, hey, we've got two rookie pass rushers who are amazing. Yeah. A lot of teams have tried it. Yeah. So maybe you guys will be another first. <laughs> so who are some of those guys that are going to be available? I know we're talking some of the top guys yeah. uh, in this draft that having to trade up, but who could be there? Uh, in any kind of scenario, and I, I say that and I almost cringe because by the time we get to, like, mid-April, and if you start doing this, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to text you and be like, you're doing it just like I we talked about at Tin Roof. But we project, like, 65 players to be first-round picks. So I actually every year. So I put an article out every four weeks that is my actual first-round, like, grades. Okay. So it's like, and there are, like, I have a limit, uh, not 31 like you would think. It's like, I even have 19, and I feel like that's too many. I need to pare it down a little bit, so... That's something I'm aware of. I would have said to you yesterday morning, Will McDonald from Iowa State, and then my buddy Mel Kuyper puts him at eight overall in his March draft, and I was like, <laughs> well, there goes yeah. that. Like, never mind. I thought Will had a great senior bowl. He kind of fits that model of the good length, good speed. And, and I think we'll see if Spags evolves a little bit. I thought Karloftis was even a little off the, the you know, what they usually go for traits-wise. But yeah. um, I, Derek Hall at Auburn fits that mold. Okay. Lucas Van Ness and Sorry Tucker is not going to be there at 31, so he would be great. I, I I hate to do this. I'm not pining for clicks. It's Felix. I was gonna I was gonna bring him up next. Felix didn't tell me about it because uh, there's he a fits. He's been his production went down this year. That's the only thing. But I I think you can explain that. He got a lot of double teams. He got a lot of attention uh, yeah. over there. But man, that when he turns it on, he can 
take it over. I feel like since I took times, I took Nick's chair today. I got to mention a K State player. So. Yeah, and Nick would love. You talk trenches. Yeah. Nick's gonna love it. Yeah. So all right, let's move on to the fourth player. Yeah. That you think could help themselves here. At I said I was gonna cheat and go back to the same school. It's Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson. He's gonna test exceptionally well. I feel like if you go back to twenty one, he was playing weak side backer, and he became this. I hate to, I, I'm not comparing him to Micah Parsons, but he became this Micah Parsons-like dude where he was, like, getting sacks. He was getting interceptions. He was just playing all over. This year, because of need, he had to play more inside backer, and it, it affected his production. It really did. I think in the NFL, he's going to move to weak side where he's much more comfortable. He's going to test really, really well. And, you know, we haven't talked a lot about first-round linebackers this year, but I, I do think he is a first-round true off-ball backer. I know we had some comments when we were doing our uh, our live show, kind of talking about the pressers, about linebackers. And Chiefs have hit with Nick Bolden. Uh, they, they've hit uh, uh, that, that area. It seems like Leo Chanel really started to go into his role in the that Super Bowl. That's the game of his career in the Super Bowl. Right. So, I mean, that's going to parade when he climbed that damn bus. That that's was real. the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Okay, look, look, go ahead. Stay here for a second. Yeah. Go ahead. I actually joked that what they should have done is tell any fan – if you can do that, we'll let you stay on the bus. Or sign you. <laughs> Watch a bunch of drunk fans like jumping out trying to get I on the bus. I have a buddy who's like six, two, six, two and a half. At the time, he was about 290, and he tried telling us he could run a 4.8. And I said, if you run a 4.8, I will call Brett Beach today and get you a contract at that size if you can run a 4.8. Yeah. Fast forward, he didn't because he's not a Kansas City Chief. But it's kind of that same idea of like, hey, if you can do that, like, we'll sign you. His name ran like a five, five, like a five, five and a half, which you know is respectable. Yeah, it's it's Brandon Williams. That's who it was, wasn't it? It was not. <laughs> Brandon got signed. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. You talk about the linebacker position. We had questions about like, do the Chiefs go linebacker again? Maybe try to bolster some of that depth in that room. I would be very shocked if they went linebacker first round. Yeah, but, uh, it doesn't be like they would go there early. And right. I think, like I said, we don't talk about about first round linebackers. I think there's a lot better depth this year. We saw it at for the sure. Senior Bowl, right? You know, like there's a lot of depth that's not first round. So, what I'm excited to see. I mean, we we're sitting here. We do it every year. That's why the combine, Tucker, you and I talked about this off camera. The combine's also it's such a weird time for content. Yeah, especially even winning the Super Bowl. There's still a talk about the Super Bowl and kind of that Super Bowl hangover, and still the storylines coming from it. There's still a few stragglers, but at this point, it's right. like it'll be starting to turn the page. But for the most part, the audience isn't as into the draft as everyone else. So it's kind of high yeah. level, but you want to get in all the, like all the nerdy sleepers and all this. And most of the audience isn't quite ready for that yet. Well, even with free agency, so, you know, like a lot of your audience, cause I've done this for a lot of other teams. They don't want to hear that Orlando Brown Jr. Might leave or that Frank Clark might think <laughs> cut right now. It's like, no, 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 we're running that shit back. You know, <laughs> Frank, wait, you might not be like, let, there's going to be decisions made like a Tyree kill, like a Tyron Matthew. Yep. And, Brett Beach and Andy Reid are great at what they do, so it will probably work out. But, I, yeah, I know where you're coming from, where you don't want to hear about the additions. You want to hear about what we just looked. Yes, and it's just it interesting time. And, and that was all to say, this is before free agency. And what yep, the Chiefs yeah. have always been really good at is we're sitting here right now saying, like, this is a problem. Like, not a problem, but this is an issue they have to take care of. This is an issue they have to take care of. Yeah. And if Brett Beach is doing his job, by the time you get through free agency and you're like, okay, where are the big holes? They don't have any. Right. Because you're not going to count on, especially at 31, you're not going to count on any position to be, that's what that's figured out in the draft. We're done here. That's what I was told last year was Brett Beach is not going to trust a bunch of rookies to protect, or two years ago, excuse me, to protect Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. And then they got two. I was like, and, on, and they got, and they traded a first for it. Another guy. So, you know what? I, I feel it this way about Brett Beach. He is, 
unpredictably brilliant. So it's like as soon as we start saying like, nah, Beach won't do that, he's going to do it. Right. So I just don't say that anymore. I think it's interesting, too, if you look at Brett Beach's track record, he doesn't go into drafts with very glaring needs, especially yeah. to address in the first round, as, as you guys have kind of already talked about. And I've had this conversation with the lab guys, too, and kind of the philosophy of how they want to build this roster of, okay, in the free agency, let's take a look. Let's, let's address the offense, right? Let's tag Orlando Brown. Let's either do that or let's trade for a wide receiver. Let's find a wide receiver on the market. Let's bring back Juju, Justin Watson. Any combination of that, let's address that in free agency. And on the defensive side of the ball, that's where they're going to kind of really – because they're already young over there. And just keep going, right. keep reaching on the defense with the width of the draft. And I would be excited to see what they do uh, come that time because we know – Sitting here now, wide receiver is kind of a kind of an issue. Let's be honest. There's three guys on the roster right now. You're going to need more than three guys to play, and even though they did try to do it against the Jaguars. Well, John Ross yep. and Justin Ross. We know. Yeah, we know John Ross and I Justin. Got to add that. Somebody's going to tell us. Somebody uh, tell us about the about guys. them. But yeah, but I, and T Higgins is not on the market. Is what Duke Tobin said. So yeah, you could forget about that. About that. If you want a receiver to find one, I loved that. It's like, it's true. Him. Yeah. yeah. He's going to need to sell. Is Tyler Boyd available now? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's right. a solid point. Should have been the follow-up. Uh, Joe Marchese gets traded. <laughs> right? That's like we told you the T. Higgins. Right. They wouldn't do that. That's funny. All right, let's get to your fifth player. Line as soon as we get this last one, and then we're going to get uh, your thoughts on, we're going to early prediction on Chiefs draft pick. Okay. Last player. Yes. This is a little bit off the radar. DJ Turner from Michigan, and I tweeted this, and I got a lot of pushback. I think DJ Turner's going to run his way into the first round. The measurables are all there for him to be a great corner. The tape is, the tape's a little inconsistent. He's a little bit lean. He's probably like 180, 185. I actually thought he played really, really well. But he, I, it, I don't know what the DraftKings odds say because I don't do that. But Tucker's all over. DJ Turner should be in the top five fastest players at the combine. So if you're looking for that corner who could be your surprise because of traits, I think DJ Turner fits. I think corners are an interesting one, too, because when you talk about the way that this roster is constructed, they hit on four of them. Legereus yeah. Sneed is going to come up, and he's going to want a big payday. Do they take a guy in the first round again where they can feel all right letting Legereus Sneed walk and get in his money when they can have a guy that can come they, in and you know, perform well? All those guys are considered veterans. Is Trey McDuffie, like, a, he played so much. Josh Williams, those guys have played enough. Yeah. It's like, listen, we don't need to put a veteran. We don't need to yeah. pay Legereus Sneed to be a veteran in that room because we're comfortable with these three guys, and to your point, not have to spend that money and allocate that money somewhere else. I'm all about paying guys. LeJarrius done everything. He's versatile. Absolutely pay that guy. But the roster composition of normally you get some veterans, you get some young guys. Right. How does that play out with four young guys who all had experience last year? I think that these, your safeties need to be veterans. If it, yeah. And it's going to work out mm-hmm. that way. You know, and so you have Justin Reed. Yeah, you got your veterans. Right? Yeah. You got one. You <laughs> and also it's, the, you know, to the maturity of your, of your locker room. You know, I mean... I've told you this story before. When the Chiefs were trying to trade Marcus Peters all those years ago, I heard from a source that they called Indy. And at, Chris Ballard, like, hey, come get your guy. And he was like, my locker room can't can't hold him right now. Yeah. Like, that's not – it's not a good ecosystem for Marcus Peters. And so I think, like, you know, Trent McDuffie is super mature. He's a really, like, just heady guy. So, yeah, he is kind of your veteran where you could probably bring in another rookie or two whether it be a corner or a safety, and he's going to fill in that gap a little bit. And that's interesting you bring up the Mark Spears. It just reminded me of the story, and I don't know if I've shared this story uh, before, that I talked with Chris Ballard the night they drafted Marcus Peters because Dorsey told me to because Ballard was the one guy that wasn't all in on him before they picked him. So Dorsey sent Ballard out to McClyman's, out to Oakland, to spend time with Marcus and his family like two days before the draft. He's like, listen, we're all on the same page. It's the guy we want. 
John trusted Chris's instincts enough to be like, you're not into it. Go spend some time with him. Come back and tell us how you feel. He went out there for two days or day, whatever it was, came back and he's like, I'm all in. Yeah. Going there and seeing what he was about around uh, where he grew up in his hometown, his community, what that community means to him. And that has all come out since then. Yeah. It's interesting. They reach out to him and he knew exactly what Marcus was, was about. Yeah. That got to give him a little extra attention, whatever, however you want to say it as a player that runs hot and cold. Uh, but calling Ballard, he was one of the guys that knew everything about Marcus and what he was about, where he's from, all that, what made him tick, all that stuff as well as anyone. Like I said, it goes to roster construction. Like, you know, the three of us might be really good together if we've got another person there. We might be terrible without, you know, kind of whether it be somebody who's going to make sure we're at meetings on time or make sure we're practicing hard. You know, it's just there's a lot that goes into it. All right, more from Matt Miller right after this quick break. We're going to have him predict who the Chiefs are going to select. Because I know you know. No pressure. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel as Tucker Franklin, hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. He's given us his five players that he thinks can help themselves the most here at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indy. And now, Matt, we're going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. I know we haven't gone through free agency. (laughs) We're eight weeks away from the draft, but we can revisit this when you get this right. I want three players... Oh, wow, that's even harder for <laughs> No, you get three chances that who okay. will select, I won't even say at 31, with their first pick. Whether they move up, move back, whatever it is, give me three players as we sit here today with okay. absolutely no information as far as what they do in free agency that could change everything. Give me three names okay, so I can clip this, go back and show it, and be like, I told Make you. me look bad. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pick three guys that all get drafted in the forest. No one's a that guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I probably have, like, deer in the headlights on camera. I'm going to start with Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. I, I understand that it's like I'm typecasting a little bit here. Like, oh, another short, very fast wide receiver. But I know I've said to you before, BJ, this is not a gadget guy. You know, like, a lot of – Tyreek was a gadget guy. Meekle was a gadget guy. Sky Moore was a – better receiver but we've seen where he needs to just develop in the route tree i think zay flowers is ahead of where all those guys were as route runners coming out so yeah zay flowers uh that would be my w- number one you want to three yeah we'll spend some time on zay flowers okay just talk with the east west tribal give me a chance to think <laughs> there you go 
his change of direction, and you talk about like McCole Hardman, some of the guys he's compared, McCole Hardman didn't run a lot of those routes that we saw from Zay Flowers and just watching right. their highlights or their tape. Like it's just, it's a different, same kind of speed. I think Zay Flowers may be a little shiftier, quicker, where the long it's speed longer. on McCole was faster. Yeah. But there was a lot more contested catches, a lot more of the physicality that you see from Zay Flowers yeah. and watching through his highlights where with McCole is like Andy Reid will find a use for him. Like this, yeah. they're, they're, he's a fun player that's going to have a fun package. Uh, and they're similar to like Kadarius Tony. But Zay Flowers is different. Yeah. He's not super big. I don't want to compare him to another 5'10 receiver that uh, was a good athlete, ran great routes, made all kinds of plays because I'm not good at comparisons. But when I saw his frame, he reminded me of somebody that is just one of those players you don't compare anybody to it right now. So I don't do it. Not doing it. I know who you're thinking of, but he's kind of lost it. Elijah Moore, is that who you're thinking of? Okay. It wasn't go. <laughs> That's not who it was, but we'll go with Elijah Moore. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to help you out here. Uh yeah, I know Tucker you spent time with Zay Flowers. Yeah. Fan? Yeah, I do like Zay Flowers. And I think it was really interesting too, is he started off the Shrine Bowl saying, not gonna practice, not gonna play, just here to make the teams. Yeah. And then the next day, like, well, he's gonna practice now. And he practiced and there were the talent there, you could tell it uh, against all these other players. You're like, okay, that guy's different. And the big story going into to this week, he's had a 13 pounds of muscle. He looks yeah. amazing. He looks. I need to hit up his There's trainer. A, I know. <laughs> there were some coaching and some scouts that were a little surprised that he went out to the Shrine Bowl and wasn't going to work out. And so the first day, he's like, ah, I'm not gonna work out. I was like, you're not what? Next day, working. Right, so yeah. who was it? Was it was it AJ Green or Calvin Johnson? One of those guys. They were here. They were going to run, and then they uh, get pressure, pressure, so they borrowed cleats and ran like a 4-3. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, someone will comment and remind me who it was. It was either, it was like A.J. Green or Calvin Johnson, or maybe it was Julio. It was one of those three. It's Chris Jones. Man, that's why I fell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's why I fell. Uh, I can't show that clip. Never mind. Uh, get get, get flacked by YouTube. Yeah, you will. Anyway, so uh, my second player, another curveball for you. I'm going to say Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. I think one thing that Veach has done well is he drafts for need, but also future need. I think Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end of all time, but Travis is 33 years old, right? 33? I think 33. Yeah. Going to be. Yeah, a good six years left. Every player at some point slows down. Yeah. It might be six more years, (laughs) but I think the idea of adding a six foot seven, 270 pound tight end who runs a 4-5 and is the best run blocker in this class is a pretty good place to be in. I haven't watched this guy, but yeah. you ever watched it in Washington? I oh my God, BJ. There was no way. number zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've watched it. With that Georgia team, there's a lot of attention on Brock Bowers and right as there be. Yeah. But or he was always like, McConkey. Yeah. There's always, he was always that guy taking a, like a jet sweep and then Hurdle it over a guy. Yeah, he only had 27 catches this year, but he is, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, like the old, when we were on high school and they're like, all right, you're, you come off the bus first. That's yeah. him. The problem, love talking about Travis Kelsey because he is the greatest of all time. He's a good dude. He does so much for the community and all that. And like, I, I wanted to play forever and I think his game will translate. He loses some athleticism. Yeah, I think it's fun. We saw Antonio Gates at like 47 years old, barely being able to move, get open. Jerry Rice played until he was like 42. Yeah. yeah. Travis Kelsey could do that. The yeah. problem is he's so damn good at everything else that yes. he does it. Saturday Night Live thing is not going to help. Yeah. <laughs> that's, he's going to absolutely crush it. He's yeah. going to crush He can get into movies. He can get into commentating. He could basically be like a Pat Matt. We've already seen it. Like he, he and his brothers had to launch a podcast. Yeah. No more podcast in the world. The yeah. second they start doing it, and it's freaking awesome. 
that's going to allure him away. He's like, he's going to make more money when he's done playing and football. And not get than he hit while he's playing football. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. get hit. And knowing what his body goes through and knowing that he puts it on the line for his guys. We saw him play through a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's banged. He's on the injury report all the time. He's always banged up. Uh, but he plays through it. And how long does he want to continue doing that knowing he's already at the top of most of the record books when you talk about tight end, especially in the postseason. We saw him breaking more records past Gronk than those postseason touchdowns by an NFL tight end. I mean, we talked about it on Mondays with our stock up, stock down. We started getting into all the superlatives that he's, like, rivaling now Jerry Rice for postseason numbers. I don't want to go there. Yeah, I know the numbers. He's the day. Granted, he's a little ways up there, but, like, he's the next guy to go catch right. for any pass catcher, not just amongst tight ends. Well, we've seen it with balls. Noah Gray. I, I'm a belldozer guy. I love Blake. That role is important. And yep. my thing is, like, Andy is so good, and Matt, they're so good. If you have that grouping out on the field, no one knows what you're doing. Right. It's like, oh, they're double tight. Uh, but one's Travis Kelsey and the other six foot eight. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I just pictured him jogging out with, like, yeah. Darius, Tony, and, right. like, all these guys. And you're like, well, that rookie dude. You're like, well, we're going to leave right. him open. And then some, like, 5'11", six-foot-tall linebackers. And right. So, like, up on that's it. my just thing. Is, like, it's just a mismatch. It'd be so much fun. So I'm a I'm a Darnell Washington guy. We already saw the Chiefs this year a lot come out in 13 personnel with Jody Force yeah. and Noah Gray and Blake Bell, whoever was healthy at the time. They'd do that, but imagine just adding him in there. Yeah, I think that would be that'd be something. But fun. Talk about value a lot with first round picks. You want your first round pick to come out and play on yeah. and be productive on on their first year of their rookie deal. That's an interesting one where you can say, okay, he he can be productive in other ways than just strictly statistical raw. Downing steps. Yeah, and it's not he's not just like, you know, I love Kyle Pitts, but it's like, oh well, we've got this slot tight end who right. that's he is a slot tight end. With Darnell Washington, it's like, oh man, he's he's a better blocker than some offensive lineman. Yeah. So it's like Yeah. It's good. All right. We've got a receiver. Yeah, we've got a tight end. Who's the third? I'm yeah. gonna go Will McDonald. I know my mentor, my godfather Mel Kiefer put him in the top ten, and I love you, Mel. I I think that's a little rich. I, I do think Will McDonald would be fantastic. And he fits. One thing I've noticed with Brett Veach is he's going to draft people that were productive. You know, George Karloftis, super productive. Nick Bolton, super productive. Trevor Duffy, again, with the production. So I think with those early picks from Veach, generally big school, productive. It, Will McDonald checks all those boxes. He does for sure. And he had, obviously, you mentioned earlier, that senior bowl really did help him out. And watching some of that senior bowl one-on-ones, just the tape from him and, and team two, you're just like, oh. This guy really jumps off. That long arm, and you're yeah. just like, "Well, shit." Okay. It's very, he fits the specs too, the specs type. So if he does get down there, I, I think if he gets around that kind of the twenty pick twenty mark, I'm starting to get a little anxious. Like, okay, maybe the Chiefs need to move up for this guy because well, I think he can be a guy that can impact the right right. Chiefs have twelve picks. They right. do not have twelve spots on their roster. Yeah, they, do. they do. They cannot take twelve guys and expect a player they draft that they like, they put resources into, to actually make their team. So how many selections do they actually end up with? Eight, eight, yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe, yeah. They know that going in. Like the Patriots, when they were in their heyday, they would do that. They come in a draft and you're like, damn, they got like 12, 13 picks, and then they're drafting like five guys. And they'll have 12, 13. They'll trade future picks and right if they want to do that. Just keep kicking the can down the road. Was it? You're in a position that you said those guys. day three last year. They just kept trading out. Someone, someone last year just kept trading for future picks. I thought no. it was maybe it was. No, they were too busy drafting Josh Dave Pacheco and you know. all those guys. Yeah, sure. Got it done. That's a pretty pretty solid day three. Like, I, I we talk about this a lot about Brett Beach. 
not only is he really good on day three of the draft, but the the, the undrafted free agent market too, where the the ability he is to like yep. nab guys off of the undrafted market is he's way ahead on that stuff. Yeah, you know it's he's he's great. He's great at what he does. I have thought there was going to be a, a King Felix comment there. I just don't want to do that to you. You know, but I need to UK staters. I got to King Felix would be a great pick. He really would. Do you think it, is that around where you project him? That's around, yeah. 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 Something that's funny is when the year started, I thought late first, and then throughout the year, I was like, ah, I'm going to move him down, I'm going to move him down, and then I moved him right back to where he was. Some of the guys, I just I watch them too much, so I don't see them in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Be like, I can't compare him to anything else. I've I've always said, I watch K State. Mine are more make more Texas players than you would think. Oh, he's Texas fan, he's a homer. I'm a harder on those guys because I've seen them play so much, you know. So it's like, oh no. I've, I've watched every snap of every game of your career, whereas like a King Felix, I've watched, you know, eight games over the last two years at this point, probably. Yeah. Julius Brents. Hey, man, he had a great senior bowl. Yeah, he did. Great senior, not a first rounder. Fred, me. Fred. Third round? Okay. Yeah. Day two. I, there's a lot of conversation. Of, is he a corner? Is he a safety? I think he proved immobile he's a corner. Yeah. He can move. He's big. That's, he can tackle. That's why those That's all-star possible. games are so important because yeah. you can just – is it? It gets you out of your comfort zone, and you have to just show who you are as a football player. This is a terrible. I'm not good at this. But Legarius need Julius Brents. Uh, Brents is a lot more physical. It's a lot bigger. I think. I think Legarius is a lot more fluid. So, like, I would want Brents in the slot doing some of the things Legarius does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk about those. There are guys who do that. Yeah. Right. We'll talk about that on another show because it'll take an hour. Brian Branch, Alabama. If you can get Brian Branch. That'd be fun. He was not in Mel's first round. I was like, that was the one guy. I was like, what? And it's like, no one knows what he is. And remember, Dax Hill went uh, 31 last year. They're very similar players. So, Spax loves Who's the other one? Louis C. Is he in Louis C. Went 31 to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, 32 to Minnesota. Any other players you just want to throw the name out there so we can clip it? I've got like 700 names in my head, <laughs> so I don't know that you want to do that. Word vomit. Right. Just here, I'm going to say 30 people and I'll get one. I'll get it right. Clearly not do that. Half a second. You literally said, don't project 60 guys, or I'm going to remind you of what you did. No, project 60 <laughs> guys for the Chiefs' first pick. I just, everyone's like, oh, they're a first round pick. And then you talk about somebody else. Oh, he's a first round pick. I do. I'm like, guarantee you they will not take a running back in the first round ever. Don't again. do that. So <laughs> don't tease me. <laughs> I will say, is there a running back going to Bijan? Bijan. Yeah. Texas. You think he's going to go first? Yeah, yeah, he could take one of the best running back prospects of the last twenty years. He'll go first, you know. Yeah, he's good, pretty nice. For the last twenty years, yeah, I mean, he's, like, with, he's like with Zeke Saquon. He's like that kind of guy. Really, yeah, he's good. You should watch more Texas football. I was too busy watching Darren. Good uh, football, Darren Sproles. <laughs> I was too busy watching Juice Vaughn. I place. Yeah, he'll but, go a little later than than Bijan will. Yeah, I do. I do want to talk about uh, Broderick Johnson. There's a guy that uh, Jones. Yeah, Jones, Jones, yeah, from Georgia, yeah, yeah, who's uh, Mel Kiper threw out his epic 31 for the Chiefs. Shocked me. You yeah. saw him talking about it last night. Yeah, show. No, he's great. Uh, I, he's a one-year guy, so there's. Bro, I think that's the. It's a lot of a projection of where is he going to play. I know Mel thought he could play left or right tackle, which I agree with. You know, he's a bully. The thing is, he's six four, so I, it, that could hurt his stock. We're gonna find out what his arm length is here. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not wild to think he could be there at 31, and that, that and that's where like. They have to do such good homework this week yeah. because if there's like yeah. if there's a chance that guy's there at 31, yeah, that's pretty cheap, as opposed to maybe paying someone 20 million dollars a year to play a position. Right, and the, you don't. We talk about Orlando Brown, but Andrew Wiley's contract is also up. I was so Andrew Wiley, I would resign him. Yeah, you're looking at trying to 
replace both left and right tackle. So yeah. you can't wait to make that decision. No, you can't. That's the problem yeah. is that the timing right. goes. And the field EH talked about it's NBA. You have the draft first. Draft first right. And then you figure out everything after the fact. You can't do that with this. You can't decide, okay, if we want Broderick to we want to set him at that spot, you can't just tell Orlando Brown Jr., just wait. Just right. hang out. Right. Don't sign with anybody else. We'll give you the you same could, deal. I mean, you could franchise tag him. He's probably not going to sign it until after the draft. So you have options. I'm just that's saying. Fair. They're, they're not going to just let him walk. That's the one. Why would you let him walk? Right. For you're him or you're extending him. Like, those are the two things that are going to happen. Which means he's going to get tagged anyway. Right. Right. And that's. I'm just fascinated. Contracts. Again, not to open up into a whole other bag of worms here at the end of this show, but I'm really interested the contract because it was reported what he was offered last year and got turned down. What is this year's contract compared to what he was offered last year? Right. Yeah, that's going to be it. It's, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had that conversation with someone in Mobile about that exact scenario, actually, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. All right. We appreciate everybody for hanging out for this episode of Outside the Trenches. We will have more content from the Scouting Combine uh, over the next several days for Tucker Franklin and BJ Kissel. Special guest Matt Miller. Make sure you check out all the ESPN's Combine coverage. You'll see Matt uh, everywhere. Everywhere on TV with Mel Kuyper uh, the next eight weeks. Eight weeks. weeks. And then I'm going back and I'm Aaron Rodgers in this thing. I'm going to my tunnel. I'm out. He's going to go watch film in a dark room. Right. For the next month, they put out mock drafts. Oh, pretty much. All right. Love to hear it. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.